The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome to Amplify. We're the show that will help you take your message, whatever it may be, and get it out through social media, networking, and other marketing channels. Maybe even some that you've never thought of. Whether you're an organization, small or large business, or you just have the next positive message that's sure to go viral, you'll want to stay tuned this hour. Now, here's your host, Ken Rashawn. Hello, Ken Rashawn in Washington, D.C. We have an exciting program for you. Uh, I am actually going to just say that this is one of those shows where we had to, we wish we had two hours with this guest because he has so many programs and products and he's so committed to transformation. So I'm going to turn it over to Gita so that she can give a, a nice bio and we'll get started with this conversation. Gita, how are you doing? I'm doing fabulous and excited. There's a thunderstorm going on here in Georgia, so I'm all excited to introduce a thunderstorm on our show, Chris Cade. Chris Cade is a personal transformational teacher and creator of the Liberal Your Life, Liberate Your Life, six-week inner critic recovery program. Chris Cade is second-degree black belt and martial arts champion, a certified firework instructor who has swum with wild dolphins in Bimini and tested software to find the bugs. His journey, leaving a six-figure income and corporate life with Hitachi and Adobe for a spiritual one has rewarded this missionary the opportunity to serve hundreds and thousands of people worldwide in over 150 countries. It's such an honor to receive you here, Chris. Big warm welcome. Thank you. It's wonderful to be here, and I'm looking forward to uh, playing with Ken and serving your audience. Well, thank, thank you, Chris. Uh, I think that was a really good idea you had about skipping the 28-minute uh, bio of all the different programs you've created, and I wanted to go right into what actually caused you to leave a six-figure income to go into this work. Uh, it's actually a pretty long story, but I'll give you the, uh, the short version since we only have an hour. Uh, basically, what happened was uh, 2006 timeframe. I was in the corporate world, um, kind of the, the American dream, you know, have the, the pretty wife, kid on the way, Silicon Valley condo, six-figure job. Everything was great, um, but I had no interest in personal development or helping people. That just wasn't me. I just wanted to retire early and make more money. Um, you know, nice guy, good-hearted, but money-driven primarily. Well, anytime an issue came up in a relationship, I would listen politely for a couple hours, pick up the rug, sweep the issue under, and pretend like it never happened. And um, that didn't last too long until finally my, my wife at the time threatened me. She said, either get a spiritual path or get a divorce lawyer. Um, she had a spiritual path. That was something that supported her, and she felt like, you know, she kind of saw the writing on the wall. If I don't shape up, then this thing is going to end. So I reluctantly, you know, looked at my options. And I was like, well, option one, I throw her through the window out of pure anger and hatred. Um, option two, I go check out the spirituality thing. Jail was not appealing, so I went and checked out spirituality. Uh, found out I liked it, actually. Um, discovered sort of my own personal calling and path. And uh, at the same time... Um, my wife at the time had been writing spiritual stories and she wanted a way to share them. And me being the um, very self-centered person that I was at the time, I offered, you know, some possibilities in sharing, you know, uh, a book, a website, blah, blah, blah. And I said, you know, why don't I make you a website? We'll do this, you know, online internet thing. I'll learn about this online business thing. Um, in the back of my mind, it honestly wasn't about helping her. It was about making more money so I could retire earlier. You know, it was still that focus. Um, but what happened is I started uh, creating this site and sharing stories and gathering stories from around the world, all different paths and so on. Um, people started thanking me. 
And I was really kind of shocked by that. I was shocked by this idea that something as simple as me making a website and writing some emails could impact people enough that they would thank me from, you know, all across the world. And at the same time, as this um, entrepreneurial skill developed, my spiritual development deepened. And both just sort of skyrocketed. And at the end of 2008, I knew I didn't want to do this thing as a hobby anymore. I wanted to to actually make a difference in people's lives. I wanted to do it full time and not have the burden of, of the six figure job. As much as I liked the income, it was overwhelming to work a full day, then spend time with the family. And then after that work on this hobby thing. And so, um, end of 2008 slash 2009, I just asked my employer, I said, you know, I know there's some rewards coming up. If, uh, you happen to be laying people off, go ahead and make me one of them. Don't, send someone out the door who doesn't want to go, um, but I'm going to leave in a year anyway. And then early 2009 came and they said, Chris, we have a reorg. We've got these great positions. Two are filled. We'd love for you to take on this, uh, you know, a promotion in in this next role that we really would like to have you in. I said, thank you, but I can't in good consciousness take it because I'll be leaving in six months. And they said, okay, well, how about we have this other conversation? If you had to leave a lot sooner than six months, how would you feel about that? And I said, well, you know, I, it's not my preference, but do what you have to do. And then within a month, I was out the door and, you know, they gave me a, a severance package and everything. And that was 2009, um, March, April timeframe. And since then, I've been a, a free agent on the spiritual entrepreneurial path. And so the audience uh, can learn about you while we're talking. Can you give uh, your Facebook page or whatever uh whatever uh, place you want people to check out while we're talking. Yeah, just chriscade.com. That's my website. Um, it's got okay. a wide range of free resources, programs, blog posts. You know, you'll get a good feel for me, whether you like me or hate me by the end of just, you know, a few minutes on the site. <laughs> well, it sounds like people would dislike you more at the previous Chris, the pre 2008 Chris. <laughs> Is that... <laughs> Well, no, you know, I mean, I was, I was a good guy and people liked me. I had, I had a lot of friends and a good social life. Um, but I just, I had a fear of failure. Um, I was codependent. So when it came to intimate relationships, I was a very frustrating person to be in a relationship with, but outside of that, everybody loved me. You know, I mean, it was so, you know, uh, that's what I can say about that. You know, not so much in, in private and in public kind of thing, but more like, where my particular holes in my heart were and the places where I was feeling most deficient in the world was in intimate relationships and with women. And outside of that, I had all the confidence in the world. I mean, you read my bio. I mean, I, I was succeeding more by the age of 18 than most people did in their entire lives. And people loved me for it. Um, but my partners that I dated were not quite as fond of me after dating me for a while. They loved me at the beginning. So we're going to talk about that driven side to you in a minute, but I want to I want to say that for those people that are on Facebook or like Facebook, you can go to Chris Cater on Facebook, and he's verified. And anything you see that prompts questions, feel free to go to the Amplified page, Amplified Radio with Ken Rashawn on Facebook, and you can put in the comment section or in the message section that you have a question, and it'll be relate, relayed to me so that we can ask these questions during the conversation. So what uh, was it about your childhood that made you so driven? Um, you know, it's a good question. I know that I was always supported and I think that's a big thing. Whatever I had a passion in, um, my parents would do everything they could to support me. You know, I remember when uh, I was seven years old and I saw the movie, uh, Space Camp and I thought, wow, that's so cool. I want to become an astronaut now. Right. I mean, overnight, literally. So I started studying, you know, I was like, you know, dad, I want to be an astronaut. He said, that's great, son. How are you going to get there? Map it out. And I just, I literally at seven years old mapped out everything I had to do between then and basically adulthood to become an astronaut. And they said, okay, son, you start doing that. And anything that you honestly can't do because you're a kid and whatever, don't have the resources, I'll do my best to clear the roadblocks. You do your best. And so, you know, I just started studying science and aeronautics and, um, I put on my map that I needed to go to space camp and all these other things. And uh, one summer, my parents surprised me with a trip to space camp, um, something I seriously, you know, couldn't have afforded on my own or even made happen because at that time, there wasn't a space camp in California where I lived. 
Uh, that came about 10 years later. The sp- only space camp was in Alabama, and I lived in California. And, and they made that happen for me. And later on, um, when I became interested in video games, I became a, just, you know, an, an addict, a fierce player, competitive player. Um, and I don't know how it came about, but apparently there was like a local, a regional Nintendo World Championships tournament. There was about a thousand players, and my dad took me there. And I just kept playing and playing until I qualified for the next day of competition. We went home, and that night, I, um, I went to the local video game rental store. I was lucky to have one around the corner. Rented the games that were in you know, competition. One of them I'd never played before. Uh, at the time, it was Tetris. And I'd never played it before. Just played it for several hours the night before. Um, went back to the second round of competition on the Sunday. Crushed it. Made it to the final round and placed fourth out of about a thousand Nintendo players. Um, and if for anyone who's ever seen the movie, uh, the wizard with Fred Savage, that's exactly what it looked like. I think that was just, you know, marketing for, you know, their Nintendo world championships. And so there was always this part of my parents and my family structure that said, we're a family and we will support whatever it takes to happen, um, to make your dreams become a reality. And, you know, my dad never let me quit because something was too hard. I think that was a big thing. He would let me quit if I wasn't interested. He would let me quit for all kinds of reasons, but he would never let me quit because something was too hard. And that was apparent when I was a yellow, uh, yellow belt in Taekwondo. And there was this one form, it was called star form. And I couldn't learn it. And everything I did, it just, it, it was too hard for me. Too hard, too hard. And I finally said, that I quit Taekwondo. I don't want to do it anymore. He said, that's fine, son. Go ahead and quit after you get your green belt. <laughs> you know, it's like, what a jerk, you know, like I wanted to quit now. I didn't want to quit after I got my belt right. So, uh, you know, I said, okay, fine. So I went ahead and I, I did everything I had to. And I eventually learned this form. I did my, my, my belt test. I got my green belt. My dad goes, okay, son, uh, let's go, uh, sign you off. You know, time for you to quit Taekwondo. Um, I said, no, no dad, I'll stay. I'll stay. Um, and, uh, you know, that took me on further down the road. You know, I never would have gotten a second degree black belt or competed internationally if it weren't for that foundation that my father gave me. And it, it wasn't so much that I was driven to succeed. I mean, that was part of it. Um, but it was that I had so much support to do whatever I wanted that there's no excuse not to go out and do what I loved. And anytime we are doing what we love, whether it's personally, hobbies, professional, spiritual, it doesn't matter. When we're doing what we love, we are going to naturally thrive at it and succeed at it because there's no, no more powerful energy in the world than that of our genuine heart's desires and passions. So I, I could go on with tons of examples from my youth, but at the end of the day, I think it's really just that incredible family support to literally just be me and follow my dreams. And obviously your dad's support and his philosophy about quitting uh, uh, impacted you a lot. You've shared that, but how did you utilize that with regard to approaching business? Well, similarly, there's times as an entrepreneur when you want to quit. You know, when I've had times where I'm like, this is too hard. You know, I'm not making the money I thought I would. I left a six-figure job. Where's the cash, you know? Um, it was not easy. I went off and did a launch, hired an expensive launch team, and lost. 20 grand. I mean, I don't hear people losing money on launches. It's not what gets publicized in the, the marketing industry. No one says, hey, I spent all this money and I reached all these people and then I lost a lot, right? Um, and so it was the ability to take that experience and reframe it as an investment that I'd been, that, that even though the, the product launch itself had, you know, failed from a financial perspective, it had launched me into the industry. People were interviewing me, wanting to partner with me, collaborate with me, interview me like you and I are today. Um, you know, it helped me build a, a list of uh, email subscribers so I could then connect with and serve and support. So it's interesting that um, along the journey, there's always going to be challenges. And when we have that support behind us, in my case, having just, phenomenal family who had my back all the time. Um, it made it so that I knew that I had a safety net, that 
and it didn't have to be my parents as the safety net because that's just a metaphor for for more what's out in the universe. I mean, if we're really living in the present moment and putting one foot in front of us and not focus on what's a month, a year, or 10 years down the road, but really being here right now in this moment, I really believe and know from my experience that everything we need to know and do is revealed to us at the right times. And that is the support. It may be a weird support that takes us off in all kinds of tangents and weird directions. I can't tell you the number of projects I thought I was going to start or things I never thought I'd do in a million years. And they all end up being part of what I've created in, in serving people because I've chosen to look at it one step at a time and follow the support of the present moment. And again, I really feel that goes back to my childhood and my family, the way they always supported me in, in following my dreams. And now that, you know, my dreams and passions have, have taken shape in a different form, I still feel like that support is there and that safety net exists, whether or not it's my parents and family or my friends or even people like you, you know, getting us on the, the radio to just have fun and, and serve and connect with people. Whatever it is, there's a, a safety net there when we live in the present moment and move forward. And it's only when we got so caught up in the future or the past that we lose sight of the safety net and we're not in touch with what the true support is that's available to us in any given moment. Well, I want to talk about your programs, but I want to do that in the second part of this uh, because I want to examine what it was like for you when you said that you felt like quitting and you lost $20,000. Not not the feeling, but what did you actually learn? What would you advise someone who's going to do a launch, who's you know not just tipping their toe in the entrepreneurial, but actually jumping in, in in a situation much like yours? They're leaving a job and they're going all out. They obviously are going to go through frustration. What are some of the things they can do to avoid uh, the, the failure and the, invest, the high investment and the learning? Yeah, first is definitely have a safety net, financial. You know, don't, don't jump without knowing what your numbers are. In my case, I knew that if I continued at my current revenue stream, which was pretty slim at that time, I could, I could run for about two years before I'd have to get a job or find something and make it work. And so that gave me a little bit of running room, right? And I knew I had a skill set I could fall back on. I could go back into corporate. So it wasn't, you know, uh, all or nothing. And so I'd advise anybody to know what your safety nets are and know what your risk tolerance is. I was willing to risk, you know, all of my savings and all of my finances for two years to see what could happen if I followed my dreams. And so that's the first thing. Um, second is stand on the shoulders of giants. You know, back then there wasn't nearly as many available resources for being a smart marketer. There weren't the kind of tools back then that there are now to do it quicker, faster, easier to build a website, you know, uh, pages, order pages, all that stuff. Um, download links to get a product. That stuff, you know, back then, you know, it was mostly done manually. You're lucky to have software to fill in some of those gaps. So now, you know, allow the software technology to, to be a support for you and find out what's going to be good for what you want to do. Cause so many people have a vision of, they say, well, my guru or idol or so-and-so or my mentor says, do this product launch and do it this way. And that may not be the right choice for them. And so it's really important to, again, come back to that present moment, see what's actually being asked of you instead of what you think you should do or what you've seen other gurus do. Because if you're really following it moment to moment, you're going to be in touch with when something feels off or when something feels aligned. And you're going to know, okay, is this the right time to launch? Um, The other thing I say is I actually don't do launches anymore. I haven't done one since that launch. And it's not because I'm traumatized by launches or have a fear of failure. I know that the next time I launch, if I choose to launch, I'm going to crush it and it'll be amazing. But I changed my, my way of looking at my business. I didn't want to be putting a, a ton of like running, sprinting effort and a lot of the stress that comes along with a launch and hoping that everything worked out. And then afterwards being a pile of just, you know, like I need to relax and zone out and whatever. I mean, that's, that's not how I want to live my life. So I also looked at what kind of life do I want to live? And I've chosen to create my programs, what we call evergreen. 
to make them available anytime. There's no launch involved. And I recommend anybody who wants to start an information product business or launch any kind of business online, that first they try and make it work without a launch. Just see if you can actually sell your product and then try and sell it better, more effectively. Try different traffic sources like Facebook advertising or Pinterest advertising or um, search engine, you know, traffic, you know, try different things and see what works for you and see how you can actually sell your product. And then once you're confident in your ability to sell it, if you want to, you can then do a large promotion. You can then do a product launch and bring on partners and everything else. But then it's just icing on the cake instead of being the big, you know, the big show and the only option there is. And if I had, if I had done that, then I'm confident that I would have seen the problems in my sales process and been able to adapt to that and, and make some changes and go about it in a different way. Now, I don't regret launching. I mean, like I said, it was a, a huge investment and it positioned me in a unique way in the marketplace that has been, that has carried and sustained itself for years. But for someone else starting, I wouldn't launch. Honestly, I would build up a buffer. I would do things slowly and steadily. I would uh, know my numbers and just build out systematically, make sure it works, and then make sure it works with a little bit more. Make sure it works with a little bit more. Make sure it can scale on its own. Okay, that's great information. Uh, Since you are probably one of the more technical guests we've had on the show, I would like you just to uh, share just very briefly, uh, if someone was to do a launch or they were to do Evergreen, what, what would be the technological brands you would look at? Um, honestly, I evaluate technology on a case-by-case basis based on what a person needs. And this is one of the things where people ask me for coaching or consulting. They're like, hey, I just want to do what you do, Chris, and I want to use all the same tools you do. And I stop back and say, no, that's not the right orientation because what I do has a specific reason why I choose the tools I do. And they may not be the right tools for other people for any number of reasons. So as much as I'd love to give you a nice sweet spot answer of do this, 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 and that, and use these tools, um, that's not the advice I would give any of my clients. And so I wouldn't publicly give that advice either. Now, what I can say is you need some basic tools. You need a way to send emails and capture email addresses. Um, there's a wide range of tools at the budget low end. Um, AWeber and GetResponse are both pretty solid tools for people who want to be able to do that under 20 bucks a month. Um, if you want to get to the higher end and start doing automation and having shopping carts and affiliate programs and all this other stuff integrated, then people can go either towards Infusionsoft or Entreport. Um, I personally use Entreport, and I'm, I've been integrating almost everything into Entreport um, in the last six months. Um, when I first launched back in 2009, Entreport uh, hadn't even been heard of, basically. I was using a different system. I had one system for email, one system for shopping cart, one system for downloads. It was a nightmare. I had like four systems I was integrating. Um, mm-hmm. And then when I went to Entreport in 2010, they didn't have all of those other things. They only had email marketing, but they had automation in a way where I could provide a customized experience to different subscribers and treat them differently based on their interests, based on their behaviors, based on their demographics, and really serve people in a more personalized way. That appealed to me. So I went with Entreport, and um, only literally in the last six months have I finally been able to scrap all of those other integration pieces and put everything on Entreport because I personally have a need for um, rapid implementation and I want things integrated really easily so there's fewer pieces that can break. So for me, I've chosen to integrate fully into Entreport, but there's plenty of people where all they need is just an email list um, with GetResponse or AWeber, 20 bucks a month, and a website. And they will be more than you know, more than off at the races with that. Um, websites go, WordPress, hands down, is what I recommend for anybody who has to build a website. Um, it's fast, easy, um, ubiquitous. There's a ton of freelancers. People will do the work for cheap. Um, so definitely from a, a website perspective, you know, I run it all on WordPress. The exception to that is my e-commerce store. I run that um, on Shopify. That's the miracles.store. And I do that on Shopify 
because they make it so easy to do there. Um, so if you're going to do e-commerce, like mugs, hats, T-shirts, and all that stuff, then Shopify is hands down the easy way to go. And if you just need a website and you want to start publishing and blogging or making sales pages or download pages, things like that, then WordPress is the way to go. Um, so I could keep going on and on, but again, like I said, uh, without having the unique specifics of what a person needs, I can't say whether or not they should be at the budget side of things or doing high-scale automation or whether they should have a membership site or just easy download links off of the web. You know, there's a million and one options for technology. Um, and me having worked in software design and software testing for a decade um, gives me a unique perspective on technology, like you pointed out, so that, you know, evaluation is, you know, definitely one of my fortes where I can look at and say, this is the requirement. And then actually I can map out those requirements and hire people to implement them. Um, right. And not, not everyone has that. So, you know, WordPress and the, you know, email system are your basis of what you need. Well, that was a lot of meat. That was phenomenal consulting that you just gave our audience. So thank <laughs> you for that. Um, I am going, we're going to go to break right now. Anyone that wants to learn more about Chris Cade, chriscadecade.com or follow him on Facebook. And by all means, you're invited to write questions that we will scoop up and ask Chris in the second half of the show. We'll be back in a couple minutes. Think you've seen everything there is to see in online television? Let us surprise you. Visit voiceamerica.tv today for sports, health, business, and more on demand 24-7. The Umbrella Syndicate amplifies good causes, good people, and good messages. They offer a suite of services that help people and businesses gain better exposure. Through working with the Umbrella Syndicate, you gain the ability to reach an audience of 50,000 unique people a week. They have recently reached over 20,000 followers on Facebook. You can view their photography and how they use it as a strong promotional tool on their Facebook fan page, facebook.com slash The Umbrella Syndicate. Show them your support by liking their page. Do you realize that the root of your challenges lie within you? It's time to find out more about coaching and how it can help both you and your business. Coaching for Real with Ronald Graves will help you gain a deeper level of self-awareness to find the answers inside yourself. Our guests are business professionals just like you who agree to a coaching session on our radio program. Tune into Coaching for Real live every Thursday at 7 p.m. Eastern Time, 4 p.m. Pacific Time on Voice America Business. Each week, Larry Sternberg joins Dr. Kim Turnage to explore management issues from culture to discipline in Managing to Make a Difference. Join Talent Plus for 60 minutes of dynamic conversation, including real-life management examples helping you manage teams across the globe. This series airs on Voice America, the business channel, Thursdays at 5 p.m. Eastern, 2 p.m. Pacific. Managing to Make a Difference every Thursday afternoon with Larry Sternberg and Dr. Kim Turnage. Bob Pritchard has over 30 years of experience as a straight-talking business consultant and author working with some of the top Fortune 500 companies. Now he's come to the Voice America Business Channel to help you and your business. Tune in to the Bob Pritchard Radio Show for information about starting and successfully running a profitable business. From the movers and shakers to great marketing screw-ups, you can't afford to miss a single edition of the Bob Pritchard Radio Show, Tuesdays at 5 p.m. Pacific, 8 p.m. Eastern on Voice America Business. From the boardroom to you, Voice America Business Network. This is Amplify. To reach the show today, please call 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. We also would love to hear from you via email to info at umbrellasyndicate.com. Now, back to Amplify. Hello, we are with Chris Cade. What an amazing first segment. And during the break, I wish you could have heard it. He was using a lot of profanity. He's going to share his seven favorite profanity words that have led to his happiness. So, Chris, very, very cool that that is actually, that's not a predictable thing that people use profanity to create so much happiness in their life. No, it's very true. But I think that um, the proper use of the F-bomb at the right time 
can really uh, evoke a, a powerful response both in ourselves and others. So one of the things I actually teach in, in one of my uh, email series is actually about profanity and how we can, if we're unwilling to swear, that actually shows that we have a, a blockage. You know, maybe we're scared of what other people think or whatever else it is. But, um, you know, unwilling to use profanity is very different than choosing when to swear and when not to swear. So, you know, I think it's uh, definitely good to be able to have that skill in our arsenal for the right time and the right place, but also to use it wisely, you know, not just be swearing every other word, you know, but choosing which word to swear with. Well, watch your language because I heard you say arsenal, and uh, we just uh, try and stay away from that word too on the program, right? Yeah, yeah, no problem. I, I won't fucking swear anymore today. <laughs> So I wanted to give credit where it's due because had we not gone to a bug-free mind, a mastermind, uh, two years in a row, that's uh, the second year is when I really got a chance to really talk to you, get to know you a lot better, uh, we wouldn't know each other. And that, mas- that mastermind, how, how many years have you gone to it? Um, three years now. I was invited to the first one, uh, first or second. So, Chris, I wanted to let you know that uh, there is actually a frequency level of curse words you can say in so many minutes and we obviously hit the the kick off the air button so <laughs> you were saying about the uh the bug free mind uh you were saying which yeah. ones you were invited to yeah i had been invited to the first one and i think maybe the second one, i don't remember but whatever it was um andy and pete just were begging me to get on stage and talk about some of the facebook stuff i've been doing and so uh, finally, three years ago, you know, I got up on stage and, and shared that. And that's, um, that's actually when you and I first met. So it's actually been, you know, three events now that we've been at. And, oh, um, yeah, so that was the, the one where I finally said, okay, okay, I'll do it. I will get on stage. Um, so that was, yeah, last year when I did that one on stage. I think I'd been yeah. there the year before. I can't remember. I mean, it, it's all a blur these days. I know I've been three times and last yeah, I think it's when I spoke, so. Well, that's what happens when you live in the present. You don't put things in perspective. But I did want to uh, thank <laughs> Andrea Adams Miller because uh, the Red Carpet Connection was actually the reason that I was invited to be a sponsor uh, as a photographer in the social media component, which got me the re-invite. So it was really amazing, that, that mastermind. Those are some of the most powerful people uh, per capita I've just ever met. Just amazing, amazing people in this space. Yeah, that's an understatement. I, I was overwhelmed every year with the phenomenal people that I got to connect with, people like you who I'd never met with, as well as friends who I'd been know, you know, I'd known online for years and never met in person and, you know, done business with and partnerships with, as well as um, uh, industry leaders, people like Brian Tracy and Reverend Michael Beckwith and, you know, Jack Canfield. I mean, phenomenal people there, you know, to share their wisdom and to connect with. Yeah, and when you say share, it's a very intimate uh, level. Even though there's 100 people there, you really have an opportunity in three days to, actually, I'm sorry, seven days, to really uh, learn during the day, and it starts late so that you can socialize at night, and they have <laughs> some really, really killer themes. So uh, if anyone's interested in a bug-free mind, certainly message us on the uh, Facebook page, and we'll connect you. But that is the power of masterminds. You get to meet amazing people, like people like Chris Cage, I wanted to uh, give you an, uh, a chance to acknowledge a couple other people from the, the mastermind uh, that you've heard on stage and what you might have learned from them. Yeah, well, you know, Michael Beckwith uh, really, he impacted me because I didn't realize that he'd been a drug dealer. <laughs> and, uh, you know, he told a story about how he had been dealing drugs and the um, he was kind of doing his last run and I forgot exactly the whole story but basically then he just got out and did this whole spiritual thing and um you know it just reminds me that our stories they matter and they are what connect people to us they are what allow people to see that their difficulties their traumas no matter how bad it is that it's not the end it's actually the beginning you know so many people's 
success is actually attributed to their most traumatic times. You know, another gentleman in the mastermind, Paul Hoffman, I love that guy. You know, I mean, he, he and I have been friends for years and people, you know, see him being now all successful and, and doing, you know, what he does speaking and creating amazing products and connecting with people and going on adventures and, they might think it was awesome that he did the whole, you know, the jingle thing is what he used to do. You know, like, have you driven a Ford lately? Like, he did all that, right? right. And made him millions of dollars. But he also then went down the, you know, cocaine drug addict hole and, um, you know, pretty much ruined his life. And it was through the ruins that he found his strength and his growth and became the phenomenal man he is, who I am so grateful to call a friend. Um, so people like, you know... Uh, Jack Canfield, you know, Chicken Soup of the Soul rejected a hundred and something plus times because the author said no one, you know, all the publishers said no one reads short stories. And um, so Jack and Mark Victor Hansen, you know, his co-author, didn't let that stop them. They said to one publisher, and I loved this advice from Jack, they said, so what would you need to publish us? You said you won't do it. What would it take for you to publish us? And, you know, the publisher said it'll take 20,000 sales. So they went out and they got 20,000 promises from people in writing that those people would buy Chicken Soup for the Soul if it was published. And they took that to the publisher and said, here, here's 20,000 sales, publish us. You know, and, and so it's stories like that, they really stand out to me and remind me that this path of entrepreneurship, like I said, my launch was a total failure. My marriage was a disaster. Um, but everything came, everything good in my life came from those difficulties. Um, everything good in my adult life, that is, at least. And so, you know, when it comes to these masterminds and connecting with high caliber people, those are the stories that I take away. Those are the stories that remind me when I'm having another tough time as an entrepreneur, because it's not like, you know, once you succeed as an entrepreneur, everything's smooth sailing. It's like, no, it's smooth sail for a while. And you go, shit, what just happened? You know, and then you, you know, fix it all and figure out what to do. And then you get going again. And, you, you know, so it's not just a straight line. You know, the, the path to success is very squiggly and curvy. And stories like, you know, from, you know, Jack and, you know, Les Brown telling his story of how he got into the speaking circuit being totally unknown. And um, Michael, Michael Beckwith, you know, all of them, it just, um, it reminds me I'm not alone on this journey. It's interesting that you pick mainly motivational and spiritual people because 90%, maybe not that high, but pretty close to 90% of the people there are very tech savvy and they're sharing their tech secrets and their uh, ways of creating abundance, mad abundance using uh, hacks and technology. And so you chose the people that really just served as inspirations and motivations for living a life that you love. That's pretty cool. Yeah, well, part of that's because I already am technical and I'm one of the people speaking about the hacks and the tricks <laughs> and the things. And, and those things come and go. Honestly, you know, the yeah, technologies come and go, the strategies, the techniques come and go, the hacks come and go. But the, the wisdom of our elders, the wisdom of experience is something that will carry through anybody in any industry through all of time. Well, I also think it's interesting that you said Michael Beckwith and then Paul Hoffman, because Paul Hoffman obviously invited Michael Beckwith. That's his very close friend. <laughs> right. and, they pro- and their brothers, I mean, they, they, they actually announced that they're brothers because of how they've lived a very similar path that they got out of what was taking them down, and they became super powerful. Yeah. Amazing people. Very cool. Very cool. So, um... I wanted to ask you, I saw you have the verified check, the coveted verified check on Facebook. One, when did that happen? And two, uh, what do you think it takes? So how, what kind of life do you have to live to be acknowledged for that? Do you know any of the, the background of what Facebook does? It is a genuine mystery. I, that badge showed up about a few years ago on its own. I didn't have to do anything to do it. Um, now Facebook actually has a process by which you can get verified and you can go fill out a form on Facebook somewhere and it's not exactly published, but if you Google like Facebook verified, then somewhere you'll find the, you know, how to do that on Facebook. Um, 
And I tried that with some of my other pages and they didn't verify me, even though, you know, I own the other pages myself. So I don't know what it takes to get verified. Um, for me, it was just sort of uh, miraculous that it happened and um, it's kind of cool. But at the same time, uh, it's just a badge. Right. And that badge doesn't necessarily have to do with how many likes you have or what your engagement is. Cause I, I've seen it on every level, six figure likes and engagement all the way down to really like four or five figure. Yeah, no, my, my page that has it is a little over 30,000 likes. And I think it got it somewhere in the twenties. Meanwhile, I yep. have another page with like 400 plus thousand and another one's over 200,000 and they didn't verify those. So even when I yeah, asked, it's, it's, yeah, so that's one of the reasons I asked, because I saw that that particular page was verified. But what they're saying is what you're doing in your life, that verified is somewhat of a lifetime achievement uh, badge that they give on certain criteria. And I'm sure the criteria varies quite a bit because the people that get it have all kinds of different walks of life. Yeah. For instance, uh, you had shared uh, before the show even started uh, about you've done all these programs. We certainly want to get into that. I mean, uh, we're, we're in three quarters into the hour. We haven't really talked about your programs, which is one of the biggest things I want to talk about. But you, haven't, you said you hadn't published a book, but you've published e-books, programs. What was your reason for not publishing a book? Because um, it's the slowest path to reaching people. Um, you know, it's the, the old way of publishing was you write a book, you take it to a publisher and they make it reach the masses. And by then you get your royalties and you get speaking engagements and, and all that. And now the thing is you write a book and then the publisher goes, good, how are you going to sell it? <laughs> you know, and if you can't uh, already show them that you can already sell stuff, they won't even publish it. And it's just a, it's a slow path with very little leverage and you lose control of your content. And so early on in my entrepreneurial uh, career, I decided that I wanted to make things once and be able to serve and sell many times. So write an email once and have it serve many people. Create a program once, have it serve many people. Create an ebook once, have it serve many people. And though a printed book does meet that criteria, it's, it doesn't have the same speed of implementation. You know, I mean, I can create an ebook. Um, and make it available for sale on Amazon literally within a few days if I wanted to. And to do the same thing with a printed book can take months or years even going fast and having all the right resources. So for me, it's just um, it's a choice on being able to reach people faster and maintain control over my content so I can do what I want with it instead of having a publisher who says, well, you know, I guess I'm done with that. We're just going to shelve it for the next 10 years sorry, Chris, you can't do anything with it. That doesn't appeal to me at all. So I, I want the freedom to do what I want and when I want with my content. Uh, would you say that the decision to not publish a book has a little bit to do with whether you're doing more offline presentations versus online uh, programs? Um, I mean, I guess technically, I mean, if you're going to be offline, you need some way to spread your message, you know, to be able to hand your message to someone like a calling card, but at the same time, I mean, it, these days you really do want to have a web presence because it's so much more efficient in reaching people and it's a much faster way to test ideas and see what sticks and what doesn't and what resonates with people and what doesn't. So I would say that anybody who um, is writing a book because they are primarily offline is probably doing it for the wrong reasons and they should probably be investing in making that content available online to a larger audience and therefore their reach expands much faster than it will by handing out the, the physical books. Well, I was very impressed on your website that you have a help and support area. So you're, you're moving a lot of product. Uh, do you care to share how many people you've, you've helped in transforming? Uh, well, I reach people in over 150 countries, um, a few thousand products sold of my own, few thousand, several thousand more of affiliate products where I've promoted someone else's program and sold it. And then as far as um, Facebook, I think my audience has now reached about 700, 750,000 fans across all of them. So there's a lot of uh, different ways that I reach people, um, both 
you know, through free resources like social media and my emails, as well as paid resources like my products and ebooks. And uh, what is your most popular program? You know, I wish I could say it's the uh, Liberate Your Life, you know, Overcome Inner Critic program. That's definitely the one that is the most transformational. But as far as what's actually most popular, uh, there's really two of them. One is called Supercharge Your Affirmations, and it's all about how to write affirmations correctly without running into the pitfalls that uh, are out there that could cause us to have affirmations work against us. And then secondly, about how to actually integrate affirmations into our life in a way that works so that instead of taking all this time and repeating things in front of the mirror all day long, we can actually just kind of live our lives and let affirmations work on their own. You know, that's why I created the Miracles store is because I wanted to have living affirmations. I wanted to have affirmations on mugs and shirts and things in my life. So instead of me running affirmations in my head, I could just look in the mirror once. I could just drink from a cup and my entire breakfast is just an affirmation. Um, so that's why I kind of did that. So supercharge your affirmations, definitely popular. Um, and then another one, Trinity Tramp, overcoming uh, doubts and fears. That's a, an audio where you just wear headphones and it takes you through a very deep and guided hypnosis along with some brainwave entrainment technology, which sort of like shuts your brain down, shuts the conscious mind down. So the hypnosis can go straight into the, uh, the deeper parts of the brain. So those are the popular products on the information publishing side. Uh, but on the uh, uh, e-commerce side uh, the mugs and shirts have become really popular, especially the believe in miracles uh, shirts and the do all things with love uh, mugs. Those are, have been, you know, widely popular. Well, I'm going to have to get some of this stuff and bring it to these events and inspire the world with this, these affirmations. That's pretty cool. Now, how's yeah, your just course, send me your uh, address. I'll get them over to you. Great. And, and I'm, I was thinking you were going to name as one of your top courses, uh, Curse Like a Sailor and Have a Life You Love. So that, that's not really one of your top ones, huh? No, it turns out that using profanity to sell profanity doesn't work because those people are already profane. I see. I see. Well, I'll tell you what. We had uh, talked earlier about if there was time in the program to go into the rapid fire. I think my team has been, uh, you know, chomping at the bit to ask some questions. So I will start with uh, Gita, go to Joyce, and then me. And the idea, obviously, is how quick we can ask a question and how quick you can answer so we can get as much information as possible. Gita, you want to ask a question? Yes, indeed. Your favorite martial arts mentor, Chris? Ricardo Oliveira. He was my uh, teacher who inspired me to compete. Thank you. Hey, Chris, if you had seven secrets to being happy, which would be your favorite? I don't know and I don't care because I'd rather just focus on living in the present moment. What are you most proud of, Chris? Being an amazing father to my 10-year-old son. Heck yeah. Gita? <laughs> your favorite gratefulness moment? Gratefulness moment? Mm-hmm. Um, it's one that I actually can't share publicly due to uh, legal and privacy implications. Um, so I'll just leave it at that. At some point, it may become a, a Hollywood movie or something, but until I have the uh, attorneys give me the go-ahead, it has to stay private for now. <laughs> Thank you. One person you would like to meet? Mm. Wow, totally stumped on that. There's a ton of people I'd love to meet. And um, I feel like I have the gift in this industry, like Ken and I were talking about, that I'm always getting to meet uh, more amazing people and meet the people that I'd like to meet. Um, I think I want to meet my future self. Mm -hmm. Great answer. Thanks. Uh, what was your, uh, if, if you don't have a challenge that you're going through, what was your last challenge you had to overcome? Actually, uh, the Miracle Store in the first few months uh, ended up losing money, and I was completely shocked and frustrated because it was sort of my passion, my, my livelihood. And it turns out that I just didn't know anything about e-commerce and margins and Facebook ads for e-commerce. So it's like I'm having to learn a whole new skill set on that. So that, that was very shocking to get back the books and the numbers and be like, oh, my gosh, I made tens of thousands of dollars. Oh, wait, no, I lost money. It was just, it was brutal. <laughs> uh, but uh, like the launch in 2009 that failed, I'm learning a lot and I'm learning fast. Cool. Gita? 
One fun adventure. Oh, well, uh, Las Vegas. But not the one where I saw you, Ken. <laughs> Actually, two weeks later, oh. I went with my son to Las Vegas. And uh, we played in a very high-profile tournament for a card game called Magic the Gathering that we've been playing. And um, so he and I had a blast there. We were in Vegas for almost another week and went and saw a show. And, you know, it was a good time. Cool. Joyce? How about a quote? Do you have a favorite quote? The past is but a memory. The future is but a vision. But the good deeds of today can make the past a memory of happiness and the future a vision of hope. Beautiful. What's a must-recommend book for someone to start with to experience transformation? Diamond Heart Book One by A.H. Holmes. That book changed my life. Can you say it again then, please? Yeah. Diamond Heart Book One by A.H. Holmes. It's the only book I've read where it literally changed my life and changed my thinking just by reading a book. I know what I'm buying off Amazon as well as uh, some of your programs. Well, Chris, you know, that hour just uh, was a snap, and even with the profanity, it, it was a quick show. So I want to thank you for being an Amplified. You are an amazing spirit, and thank you for being so vulnerable, and you truly are brilliant. I want to have you on the show after uh, the Mastermind next year because we'll have a whole new conversation. And uh, we have that Amplified Gold Nuggets book coming out, so you'll be included in that. And I wanted to remind people how people can follow you. Go ahead and say so. Yeah, uh, two places for the information products e-courses. That's at chriscade.com, C-H-R-I-S-C-A-D-E.com. And then for the, uh, the Miracles store, that's themiracles.store. And uh, that's where I have the, the mugs, the hats, T-shirts, mouse pads, the things that, um, you know, in, in short, uh, make the outer life beautiful. And the info products that I sell at Chris K. Tom are for making our inner life beautiful. Well, I think I want to have some of these products in the Amplified book. So we're going to uh, include some of these products because they really are aligned with the message of Amplified. So... Chris, you've been amplified. You're a beautiful person. Have a great night, and I'll see you at the next Mastermind, if not sooner. Right back at you, my friend. Looking forward to it. We hope you've enjoyed this week's edition of Amplified. Be sure to join Ken Rashawn again next Tuesday afternoon at 2 p.m. Pacific Time and 5 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Now, go get your message heard. Umbrella Syndicate amplifies good causes, good people, and good messages. They offer a suite of services that help people and businesses gain better exposure. Through working with the Umbrella Syndicate, you gain the ability to reach an audience of 50,000 unique people a week. They have recently reached over 20,000 followers on Facebook. You can view their photography and how they use it as a strong promotional tool on their Facebook fan page, facebook.com slash The Umbrella Syndicate. Show them your support by liking their page.